0: Here are four principles for living like an American. Protect freedom. Take responsibility at all times. Express gratitude for every gift and opportunity. Become a source of love. Once again, these are the times that try our souls. We must find the strength and the courage to rise up to re-found America in the spirit of liberty. My wonderful audience, as always, I'm so glad to be with you. It's uh, a bright spot for me to know, no matter how bad it gets, I'm talking with you once a week. This is Dr. Peter Bregan on Refounding America and Reclaiming Ourselves. Don't forget the Reclaiming Ourselves. That's where I come in as the psychiatrist, or really therapist, helping us reclaim ourselves to be freedom our souls, ourselves, and so on. And if you're listening on a radio, it's probably on PRN.live or some other source from PRN.live. Today is going to be a very, very interesting interview. We'll be bringing you the latest news from a freedom fighter in Australia. And no, the wildfires, they're not really the big news now. The question is, Will Australia survive the Chinese Communist takeover? That's the real big issue right now. Thank you. Well, hello again, my wonderful audience. The man in the red jacket is Charles Covis. For those of you on TV, he is, he is interesting looking, quixotic looking, charming looking. He's handsome and he's much older than he looks like me. <laughs> Charles, it's a pleasure to have you on. He's a lawyer. He's been, I don't know if you still are, he's been a businessman um, working with uh developing the use of hemp i think but as a material so that's that's all very interesting too and we're going to talk about freedom we're going to talk about australia i want to get this to be the most up-to-date show on the issues of freedom and australia and chinese empire building i hand well
1: delighted delighted to be with you and well done for the great work that you do in fighting for freedom and fighting for information to be got out yeah. accurate information rather than rather than bs thank you
0: i'm i'm just ready to hear you talk some more tell me what's happening there we all fear here for australia but since joe biden we've been fearing for ourselves so much i think we've uh, we've uh, kind of lost track of our friends in australia because things are pretty well,
1: desperate here. Well, the the story that bushfires are raging in Australia uh, is is highly inaccurate. Uh, Bjorn Lomborg of the Copenhagen Consensus, who's based at the Hoover Institution, part of Stanford, has clearly pointed out that bushfires in Australia are running at their normal, slightly above standards for the normal standards the last 100 years and they that was last year that there was this big hullabaloo and of course the promotion given in america to australia's bushfires is tied into the whole climate emergency correct correct and And if not
0: it's global cold that's somehow doing it right that's
1: it that's that's (laughs) that's correct and and so i've i've been involved in Renewable energy as one element of many things mm. that I do since 1992. However, it is my considered view based on my last 30, uh, 28 years, sorry, 20, 1992, 30 years, gosh, 30 years of heavy involvement that climate is not being impacted in any significant way by human behavior. So, wow, everybody, I reject this idea, but I'm all in favor of of not messing up the planet and not Mm -hmm. not chemicalizing the planet that's a different conversation because in in the context of of health peter as you would well know, what you put into your body has a big impact on your health and the chemicals that are put onto the land that then we then ingest causes problems that's a different conversation but people please let go of this idea that there's a climate emergency that is a nonsense and it serves it serves people to have these big pictures of bushfires in australia and they are grossly misleading but the problem that we do have in australia peter is what you alluded to and that is that we're a nation of 26 million people and china appears to have its sights set on us and Our government, I think, is behaving very similar to the Biden administration. And that is very, very sad, very sad. And it's even even last week, the government, because of the increase, because of the mad decisions taken by governments, both left and right. So in Australia, a conservative government is called liberals, the opposite of what you guys have and then a left-wing government like the United Kingdom is called a labor government so we've got a labor government and conservative left is labor conservative is right for us the liberals in Australia are the Republicans in the mm-hmm. US broadly speaking and and so the problem is that both left and right both conservatives and labor and labor was re-elected, was elected sorry uh in May of this year, federally, we've got the same federal system as the U.S., and but both of them are all about reducing reducing net carbon emissions, and therefore, and therefore, the we've got magnificent coal reserves in this country, and the argument they're all pushing: no more coal generated energy. Let's have wind and solar and and hydro, and the cost of that means rapid increase in energy costs. So last week, just last week, the federal government has passed laws enabling them to regulate the free market in the price of energy. Now, you know what that means, Peter. That is socialism on steroids.
0: It also means failure on steroids. Correct, correct.
1: And that that failure, I'm acutely conscious of that because I'm now 70 years of age. I was born in the year of the dragon, for, our, for those who understand the Chinese animal signs. But my parents were refugees from Hungary. They arrived in Australia in 1949, and they left Hungary. They didn't want to leave Hungary because they didn't want to live under communism, okay. just like many people who went to America didn't want to live under communism and and this this acute awareness of how communism, how socialism destroys enterprise, destroys lives, and it like George Orwell wrote in nineteen eighty four, like sorry, in Animal Farm, in Animal Farm, you know, we're all equal except some are more equal than others. Yeah. So, so we've, got a, we've got a serious problem globally because, because more universities in Australia have been captured. Now get this, you'll be surprised about this in China, uh, the Chinese activities in Australia. There are now Chinese-controlled police forces on the ground in Australia. This has been quite hush-hush. The Chinese are funding chinese centers of learning the chinese government the chinese communist party is funding many universities in australia and kids in schools in the universities over the last 10 15 20 years are being that the left like in america this is the the game plan from america peter the left is capturing the institutions and so kids coming through they think socialism is social media they think socialism is a wonderful thing, Peter, so that we're all equal, we're all lovey-dovey, we'll all love each other forevermore, and we will have utopia in Australia and on the planet.
0: Yeah, it's exactly what's been happening here for decades, and it's now... <clears throat> we now have children of no growing up with no idea about the importance of the founding of the country, the Declaration of Independence, why we have any of the... Uh, Uh, constitutional limits on uh, what people can do to each other, they have no concept of the importance of constraining human ambitions and lusts, Um, they have no idea about the deadliness of utopian thinking and so on and on, it's really quite tragic. Uh, Do you have any sense of who's further behind the eight ball, you or us?
1: i would suggest that you are further behind the eight ball because your your national indebtedness is so great however the you know the 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 us dollar as the reserve currency gives it a certain cachet but but what's i think what i bring to your attention is that i think a number of states will secede from the federation in the us and i think that's what's going to happen and i've been hearing some interesting steps being taken Ron DeSantis' success for example in florida interesting moves in montana where where this whole idea of the madness of what i see in california with gavin newsom um i i just see this this you, you're not you're not far ahead of us you know like like australia wants to follow in this model of socialism but I think the influences on the Biden administration are similar to the influences on Australian governments. And it's being sold, it's being sold to the people as this, 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 literally as a utopia, as a wonderful way to be secure for the future, Peter. And you as a psychiatrist, I'll be interested in your view on this. The research that I've seen over the last five years shows the people in America and Australia and England Given the choice between freedom and security, significantly favor security. Most people would give away their freedom for security.
0: Yeah, there's a regression to childhood to sound like I know what I'm talking about. Mm. Use a a term. It's, um, you know, we're born into helplessness. That's the beginning of life. And then our entire existence depends on security and love and constantly being taken care of. Even a moment of being alone can be very terrifying and frightening in the beginning. And then we gradually learn with the guidance of our parents and society and religion and government and the old days civics, we learn to become responsible adults taking care of ourselves when we were hunter-gatherers, all that took place naturally um, as you um, emulated your father and your mother and uh, grew from being a completely helpless person to a person aspiring to be more like mom and dad and and becoming a hunter and a gatherer and uh, sometimes even becoming things that would be, a, you know, fit into probably LBG and so on today, there are a few people like that as well. And it was all a a much more actually warm and caring environment because it was 30 people, maybe uh, those were the larger groups that were wandering around the earth for tens and tens of thousands of years. But once we got into groups, it got really weird. Once we became civilized, we were no longer family. Uh, we no longer had our own weapons, made our own weapons, as every adult would have to do if they wanted them. And we no longer had any access necessarily to our own um, hunting and, and farming. It might all be organized if we were doing any hunting. And um, we really beca- became uh, helpless again. Yes. And uh, monster men took over, almost always men. And we start with empires. This is what my next book is going to be about, is about kind of, you know we're moving along with it it's going to be about what these empires do to people and uh, right now we're going under empires this is not about nationalism it's about the destruction of nationalism patriotism love of God love of country it's about subjugation to the em- the Empire yes and and I think you you're looking at you're under the heavy influence of what I call the Eastern Empire as China Dave, you're even in pacts with China that we can't enter into, right? Uh, These Southeast Economic, I forget its exact name. Yes,
1: the, ASEAN, the, the Asian, the the Australian Southeast Asian um, Forum. A- A-S-E-A-N, the ASEAN Forum, correct. Yeah,
0: you know, and that involves, I in, uh, believe India maybe have, has left it, but uh, at least the, form, the group I'm thinking about, Japan's in it, South Korea's in it, but we're not in it. So China is building... These associations. Um, the BRIC is uh, an older one, but it's Brazil and India and Russia and China and so on. and Now South Africa and we're not in it. So China is trying to become the empire. And, and I think the
1: Belt and just, and you've, you've caught up on the Belt and Road Initiative, of course.
0: Yeah, well, yes, and you're right on that Belt and Road initiative, and and it even reaches to Europe, where China gets involved with making loans, taking over by virtue of of uh, being owed lots of interest that maybe can't be repaid, and uh, having their own technology and in, and in, integrated into like Western Europe. Um, yeah, Trump put some of a stop to it here. Yeah,
1: that, that's precisely what's happened in many countries in Africa, but pre, pre, even very recently with Sri Lanka. So the Chinese funded the development of the Sri Lankan port. Then, of course, Sri Lanka is stuffed. And now China has full control of that, of the main main port in Sri Lanka. So that's the game plan. Well,
0: what about about in Australia? My sense is, by the way, they tried to actually take over the management, I think, of the Los Angeles port here in the U.S. long ago. And I think that was stopped. I mean, this is what they're doing, folks. And we've been going along with it pretty much with very few exceptions, like I believe what happened in Los Angeles. Now, maybe they made a secret pact with them. Who knows underneath it all. But in my impression in Australia is that the mining industry is being taken over, the airports are being taken over by the Chinese. Am I mistaken about this?
1: that's not quite that's not quite accurate but it's interesting that that's your impression because you are very well informed peter and the fact is if you have that impression then that impression is being you know is is being you're getting that through various media sources now what china has done it has a controlling interest in a 99 year lease on the port of darwin which is the port nearest to new guinea to singapore and then to china so it's the northernmost major port. 99-year lease, get that. So where's the security risk there? And, of course, the government says, oh, there's nothing to worry about. China owns and controls a mega, mega uh, airport, not an airport, a, a runway.
0: Yeah, that's
1: what i That's the one that you're talking about, a military-grade runway in northwest Western Australia, also close to China and so these staging points and in the mean, in the meantime america has got significant security interests in pine gap in the center of australia near alice springs so australia and the us cooperate in this in this pine gap installation that is top secret um, well its existence is not top secret but what goes on there is so so there are serious matters for concern and of course and of course the acquisition of land by Chinese interests in Australia is is hardly restricted at all but Australians can't buy land in China go figure
0: yeah, yeah right right now in my so so far you said I'm off a little bit I'm not hearing them off very much what about no. I'm hearing. No, i accurate what what about in the, the owning of mining land aren't they buying interests of land in the mining districts and
1: Yes, yes, but, but it's it's, it's uh, when, I, when I, they, they're certainly buying up mines and investing in them, but n- nowhere near a vast amount. But key okay. strategic investments, yes. And and the question is, you know, it's it's an interesting question when you look at spy versus spy. I grew up in the sixties, watching reading Mad magazine. And do you remember Black Spy or White Spy? Two. And then you look at the Chinese the Chinese mentality, which is wonderful in the sense of, well, I'll tell you what's wonderful about the Chinese mentality, Peter. And you touched on it in your editorial at the start that the Chinese have a deep, deep commitment to family. you know And, and I consider the family to be the <coughs> building block, to be the building block of society. And when you destroy family, and that this is a deliberate strategy in Australia and the U.S. to destroy family. No such thing as man or a woman. No such thing as mother, father. Stop using the term mother, father. Well, the Chinese understand the value, understand the value of family. But the Chinese time frame, in in Chinese terms, fifty years is the short term. One hundred years yeah. is medium term, and five hundred years is long term. You know, and and the the question of planting. people who i've known chinese people in australia for 30 years they appear to be totally opposed to chinese communist party my question is how would you know that's what the whole spy versus spy game is about doesn't it and then 20 years down the track we find out that so-and-so who was a highly regarded person turned out to be a spy for the other side um you know and and at the end of the at the end of the day one of the questions to you know i'm a i'm an optimist i'm a fighter for freedom and i love the i love the the uh, proposition in the bible that says by their fruits shall ye know them and you know we live out we need to live our lives precisely as you were saying this in this is taking personal responsibility and understanding the amazing capacity that we have to deal with anything and when when we we are trained to be incompetent but then we go to psychiatrists or psychologists or executive coaches like me in part of the work that i do and we need to be reminded about the amazing capability of every single one of us on this planet i'm a big fan of buckminster fuller who who was an american i hope you've heard of buckminster fuller peter who died in 1983 at the age of 86, your age, I believe. <clears throat> and 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 Bucky, you know, he, he said, and I'm, I've studied a lot about Bucky, he said, every child is born a genius. <laughs> and from what I know about the human condition, each one of us is born a genius. And if you and I are geniuses, we are capable of solving whatever problem gets put before us. And that's the optimistic... Sense that I have, and when my parents can come from Hungary, at the age of my dad was, my dad was 26, my mum was 17 when they arrived in this country in 1949. Mm-hmm. They then go and have six children, who have 14 grandchildren, and then another eight grand, great grandchildren. My mum's still alive; she's 90. That's what human beings are capable of. And America was built on the same that same philosophy. And if we remember, you see, remember is a lovely word, become back as members of our true nature, all of these things we're talking about are simply day-to-day problems, month to month year-to-year problems that we can fight. But if we believe, if we believe we can't do it, well, as Henry Ford said, whether you believe you can or you believe Mm -hmm. you can't, you are right.
0: I'm with you 100%. But as a psychiatrist, I I have to tell our wonderful audience, don't go to a psychiatrist looking to be empowered. You're gonna get diagnosed and drugged. There's hardly a psychiatrist left in the world. I think they're pretty much all gone. I hear about one or two, I mean, literally one or two who um, would be empowering to people. Right now, they are part of this, uh, they don't know it, of the globalist shutdown on on the human spirit. Yes, my profession is still electroshocking people around the world, thanks to my work, uh, taking five years out of my life. They're not doing much lobotomy or psychosurgery anymore, but uh, they're waiting for me to get so old they don't have to worry about me going after them. They've, they've actually said that. <laughs> Not just about wow. So psychiatry is not the way to go. The medical route. Psychiatrists are, are physicians, not the way to go. Look for a good psychologist. Look for a good coach. Look for a motivational person. Look for somebody who loves you that you can work with together, helping each other, reading and growing and loving. But do not buy into the establishment approach to human beings, which is a uh, the spearhead. Of a lot of this uh, evil, because I was fighting just about all the issues that are overcoming the world now, decades ago, when I was taking on uh, psychiatry, and the funding of psychiatry by uh, places like uh, the LEAA, which is uh, sort of the DARPA was—it's gone now. Was the DARPA of uh, the Justice Department, and and uh, and funding by the CIA of shock treatment and. Those kinds of things. So that's how I could write um, our current book, you know, COVID-19 and the global predators are so ahead of everybody else. Was I've been looking at that since then. Psychiatry is not the answer. But I'm in total agreement with you. People can be um, extremely powerful. Well, we got to go to break now as usual. I'm just going too fast. Thank you, folks. Be right back. Well, folks, we are back. Wonderful audience with a wonderful man, freedom fighter, Charles Covis, attorney, Charles Covis, public speaker, Charles Covis. I bet you did you say you're a comedian, too?
1: I'm the chairman of the Australian Institute of Comedy.
0: Oh, my Lord. Well, do you want to do something comic about Australia? This is not a, a rehearsed one.
1: Well, I'll, I'll give you, I wrote, a, I wrote a limerick. One of my favorite forms of poetry are limericks. I think limericks are wonderful. Un-
0: unrehearsed, I'm not responsible for what follows. Yes, go ahead.
1: Well, as most people know, limericks, the best limericks are are the filthiest, dirtiest ones. But I won't, oh, yeah. I won't, I, but there's some, also some very clever limericks. And um and one of them, since I'm Australasia's passion provocateur, and I, I left my legal career to teach people about passion there's that i've got two limericks for you peter one of them is is uh was written in this limerick was written in 1941 during world war ii when everything was being rationed and this limerick goes like this there once was a lady of high fashion who had oodles and oodles of passion, passion. to her lover she said as they leapt into bed here's one thing the bastards can't ration but then i wrote i wrote one to tell to <laughs> Uh, to, um, all right to, that's uh, good and and I, I, I wrote i wrote clean, a clean, clean one
0: enough. yeah
1: <laughs> it's clean enough correct and i wrote a clean one for our uh, covers that COVID is a is a quite mild virus that that was sent to stick it right up us the pollies went nuts they locked us in huts and now we're as poor as cyprus <laughs>
0: listen tell
1: us now, uh, comedy comedy the comedians on the planet are being absolutely hammered hammered by political correctness and Mm -hmm. the woke movement and and the whole identity politics that's happening and and if and if we if we limit freedom of speech in america is the home of freedom of speech if The limiting of the freedom of speech is the beginning of the end of freedom, and that is precisely what's happening in America, far worse than Australia. But it's also happening in Australia in a big way. And I urge all of your wonderful viewers and listeners to to never stop comedians really being edgy, because because Mm -hmm. the suppression of them and the censorship of them is a is a is a real problem.
0: It's a cutting edge problem, really.
1: Yeah. and when you think about 500 years ago who were the comedians in society what did the king have in the court
0: this is jester
1: the court jester and of course the court jester was the only one who was allowed to speak the truth in a funny sort of way to bring the truth to the attention of the king because otherwise if you criticize the king that was treason and you get your head lopped off but the jester could really say anything and we need more of that peter and fortunately um there are brave souls including senator ron johnson in in um in the u.s and Senate, DeSantis yes. and others who are willing to speak the truth about what's going on
0: yeah not too many pokes not too many no and, <clears throat> and you and,
1: uh, and you of course
0: <laughs> yeah and oh my god so listen um you talked about giving up the law to inspire people tell us about how people can get in touch with you and do you actually work with people like a clinician how do you work
1: yes I do so I all my life I've been driven by passion and and um from an early from an early age I I only did what I wanted to do and all my life I wanted to be an attorney I wanted to be a lawyer and and I graduated from Melbourne university in 1973 and I had a 20 year legal career. I was, I was a tax lawyer, an international business lawyer and I loved being a lawyer and I loved fighting government. Okay. So this, this tied in. So I, I would stand, I would fight for my clients against government, any, any government activity, including unfair imposition of tax. And then 29 years ago, I was always interested in ongoing learning, and I urge your viewers, I urge your listeners, to re recommit to their own learning. And I, I through my legal career, I kept learning. I was a I was a speaker on tax and law matters, but then I did I went to a two week business school with Robert Kiyosaki. Who wrote rich dad who wrote rich dad poor dad and also wrote his first book if you want to be rich and happy don't go to school which was an interesting prop- interesting proposition you know school is is everything and it was during that two-week program in Hawaii many people from Australia were there but people all around the world that I decided that education was, I was, I was law is important and I'm now doing work as a legal strategist, particularly against COVID imposts, but, but um, law is important, but education is more important. And I decided to shift career to become a professional speaker and expert on provoking people to discover and pursue their passion. And Peter, this is the secret to success. My, my first book was published by Hay House. It's called Passionate People Produce available hay house wonderful international publishers passionate people produce and and what what i what i teach people is every single one of us has this amazing resource of passion my definition of it is that it's a source of unlimited energy from your soul that enables you to produce extraordinary results this is a spiritual soulful resource that we have and and the and you you and Ginger clearly have it, you have passion, and this unlimited energy enables us to embrace the challenge of life. Now, the other interesting thing is that what we're passionate about is a clue to what our life purpose is. Right? So, because most people wake up in the morning and they're just on this treadmill. Well, all my life I have been inspired by purpose by meaning and if you don't know what your meaning is it's generally because you have not been pursuing your passion so for 29 years i've been a professional speaker i'm a past national president of the national speakers association which is aligned with the national speakers in america i'm a certified speaking professional and i work with groups with teams i've, I've done presentations in america i also i also coach individuals one-on-one senior executives in corporations and here's the big idea when you are passionate then you live your life without fear why because passion comes from your soul the two emotions and you as a psychiatrist will know this that when you the two the two are driving emotions Of human beings are love and it's opposite now most people say hate but you well know that it's fear we're on this continuum between love and fear and love comes from our soul fear comes from the mind and when you are passionate about what you're doing just like you exemplify to your audiences Peter when you come from your heart space when you When you're passionate, then fear doesn't stop you. And it is so disabling, such a disability to have fear dominating your life. So here's the the battle between love from your heart, fear from your mind. And when you're passionate, you don't let fear drive your decision making.
0: I love every word you've said. I wouldn't quarrel with, with uh, any of it some of it I like better than even the way I talk about it and we're just exactly on the same uh, the same place um,
1: so 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 then taking that next step further so as a freedom warrior let me put this into context for people so <clears throat> I was a lawyer so lawyers help people to be free of government you see because it's government that takes away our freedom
0: I've never heard a lawyer say that before. It's beautiful. I I wish. And
1: that's that's why. That's why I wanted to be a lawyer because my parents lost their freedom. You know, they they had in Hungary. They had to come to Australia, and so lawyers are supposed to fight for freedom. Passion. If you are passionate, you are free of fear. Next, comedy. I've talked about comedy. All right. So I'm, I'm a proponent for free speech, and particularly as a professional speaker and this whole censorship game then the, the fourth element of my work is health and I am a health expert so I'm 70 years of age I don't have a doctor I have n- not been to hospital except for a vasectomy and a reversal of vasectomy and it is my contention that Australians and Americans are are so unhealthy the evidence, wonderful saying, you know, the facts speak for themselves. Uh, Americans and Australians are overwhelmingly unhealthy. And I say to you that if, that if you are unhealthy, you are not free. And the best example of that is if you're locked up in hospital for six months, like I spoke to someone yesterday who'd been injured by a COVID jab with Gillian barre syndrome, six months in hospital, Peter, oh god and he rang me in desperation what can i do about it so if you're not healthy you're not free and then lastly hemp and we'll we'll touch on hemp in a moment but those five elements hemp passion law health and comedy this theme is around understanding that they're all elements of freedom and i say that if you are not free then you are no different to an animal and the and the and the most stringent sanction that government puts on us in america in australia in america you can be put to death the second most stringent in america is taking away your freedom by putting you in jail and when people start to think about that to go gosh taking away freedom is is what governments do then hopefully that idea might wake people up to say gosh I don't want to give away my freedom and then so therefore how do I overcome my fear take my advice and pursue your passion
0: yeah I think when you get free enough of fear to do that um, you actually uh, lose all the negative emotions not just your fear you lose any regrets about things you didn't do in the past you lose any of your resentments of other human beings you lose competition on a personal level with people, and you're just interested in what your passion is about—whether it's freedom or nature or love, or all, the, or all those different things. Mm. And you can have many different passions. Life is so full of exciting yes. things for us. And
1: you don't, and you don't have to make—you don't have—you don't have to make a decision. So coming to this question of health, you know, Peter, I, I learned. I'm, to my first naturopath in 1965 when I was 13. It is my contention to you and to all of anyone watching or listening to this as human beings if you are truly healthy you are designed to live well at least to 120 years of age. And, and and Peter, you, you're at 86, you know, for me, you've got at least another 34 years of work ahead of you. And isn't that an exciting idea?
0: Well, you know, I have actually been feeling that way um, that, I mean, I thought I was going to burn out by 35. I really did and probably not live much longer when I was young because I was so full of, of uh, passion and suffering and grief and unrequainted love and energy and all these (laughs) other things like a meteor. I thought, you know what happens to meteors when they hit the atmosphere. But then I began to feel more like I was free. And um, I got healthier and um, I've never stopped believing in my own autonomy and I've never stopped believing in wanting to help people be free ever since I was a very little child that was my passion. I remember as a small child thinking to myself, I want to grow up and tell people how bad childhood is and how we can make it better. (laughs) I have no idea exactly how it came. It didn't come through the ordinary family structure. Um, And I just love everything you're saying. um, Do you work just with individual folks like I do, Um, you know, call you on the phone and
1: Yes, I have. I run. I run Zoom. I have one-on-one consultations, and people engage me, and then I help them. I help them on a journey. And the interesting thing with this help on the on the journey, you know, the I've I've had people tell me I've I've changed their lives dramatically, and sometimes you know it's a speech that I've given. And by the way, I have on my on YouTube there are 134 134 episodes of my weekly. Charles Kovecho, so there's some insights into what i do but working one-on-one with with people or you know with a small team i also do um it, it's it's a it's a one percent and my metaphor for the one percent peter is with golf and I, i've played golf for many years if you improve in so many if you improve by one percent in your life in a particular way that can make the world of difference yeah. it's extraordinary but the question as you well know from your work and and i certainly have and I've when i was a lawyer i used to lead teams of people and and if someone gives you an idea and that leads you down a slightly different path in three months time you're you've got a totally different life but finding that one percent you know it requires wisdom and I, i'm quite amused by guys in their early 20s calling themselves coaches you know when they've had no life experience but but you and I have had that experience, and and that's what I do. You know, when I work with individuals one on one, I look for the one percent. Now, there's there's, you know, that that can solve a problem or one insight. And I want to share with you what I have found in the in the in the years I've been working with with helping people change their lives as they want to change it. I have found one big idea that is very liberating and it comes from Buckminster Fuller. And I urge people to, if you haven't heard of Buckminster Fuller, there is a Buckminster Fuller Institute in the US. Um, But he said this, you know, when when I'm working with a group or with individuals, they're talking about their problems. And why aren't you happy? Because I've got problems, good. So what do we get for solving problems? And so your show here is about helping people get insights to solve problems. And most people think, If I solve my problems, I'll be happier. I'll be satisfied. I'll be have more fun. I'll be have a sense of progress. And I learned from Buckminster Fuller, and this is a profound idea. That as human beings, our main and almost sole reward, our long-term sole reward for solving problems is bigger problems. Yeah, isn't, isn't that a liberating idea, Peter? In other words, in other words. Oh,
0: <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. Ginger and I have been wrestling with this a lot. Exactly what you're talking about. That here we are at this age and when COVID came along and we decided that, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, that was a great, great identity, uh, conscience of psychiatry, but there was something much bigger going on than that. And, and we had, to, we had to join in with a lot of other people, and it was very scary, and it was uh, so on and so forth. And, and indeed, what we did discover is we had some of the biggest problems we've ever had to deal with. And wow, isn't that amazing? <laughs> Oh and,
1: and 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 look how liberating that is because and I, that's that's why I'm sharing it because it's such a profound idea because why are most people unhappy because they've got problems they think people think the good life is the problemless life
0: yeah.
1: but I I that's know death. for the fact if you have no problems you will be bored you will create problems and what I say to you and Ginger you. For the rest of your lives and I for the rest of my life, we will get bigger and bigger problems because we are capable of handling them, because we are willing to keep learning, because we are willing to keep this human experience going. So the reward is not peace and happiness and and serenity. No, And, and you handle these problems. But guess what? You can handle these problems on the outside and on the inside. Be calm and peaceful and serene because that's how we're designed to be. And the Buddha, Buddha. people say go off and meditate like the Buddha and I do meditate, but Buddha used to meditate between his thoughts. And, you know, there's this great idea of being in the game of life, outside, but internally, deeply peaceful because I'm on track. I'm pursuing my passion. I'm living my dream. My life has meaning. And that's a great way
0: to live life. I love it all. I think that uh, folks listen to this. Charles Covis, you've just got uh, um, a tremendous approach to life. <clears throat> it resonates very much with what both Ginger and I have concluded and how we've tried to live. I mean, we have, and to find ourselves at the ages we are, with, with the best friends we've ever had in our lives, with potentially the greatest impact. I mean, that's going to be left in God's hands. I, I never know or even assume what my impact will be. I think one, one of the things that um, I, would, I would add just from our own perspective is, and this is where the peace comes from, I don't know God's plan. God, God could be on some 500,000-year plan that I don't know about. It's like you said of the Chinese. I mean, they're thinking ahead as far as you, you can imagine in time. And uh, God's plan's even bigger. Um, but to do what I want to do, what I believe in doing, and to be governed by my choices, not my fears, uh, to be focused on my actions, not even necessarily on the results, unless I see bad results or I see positive results, but the results really are about how to live how to keep living the life that I really wanted to when I was young, which was a a responsible and uh, caring and, you know, the ideas developed and loving life. And if you do that, you'll have bigger problems because you'll have bigger losses and you'll have bigger expectations. So the problems get bigger and the expectations get bigger, but you can get centered on knowing that what God really wants you to do is to live a good life. To live and maybe to listen out of the edges of your mind for what you're passionate about. I love you're saying that. Uh, for identifying, uh, um, uh, Charles, what is the passion or what is your gifts? That's another part of it that fits so into what you're saying. Look for what your gifts are. Look for what your passion is. Look for what your 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 qualities are and see what they present. I mean. That's what led us ultimately to say, okay, we we really didn't, we thought we were going to slow down uh, 20 years ago, literally, uh, in our 60s, and, uh, and we haven't, and we did for a little while, and now we've got the biggest challenge of all in the world. So that's it, and we have to wrap up. God bless you, Charles Kovess, K-O-V-E-S-S, just thank you for being here.